It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, April 14th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that did not enjoy that second game in a row losing to division rivals. No, it was it was like deja vu all over again. Exactly. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find Russ Cohen here on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow Locked On Flyers on Twitter at Locked on Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to talk about last night's 4 to nothing shutout against the New York Rangers. And then we've got a jam-packed mailbag to get to with lots of great questions, some of which were very prescient related to last night's game. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you regularly listen. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. So, Russ, I think uh, it goes without saying that everybody is broken. That is like (laughs) the mantra of this team right now. It is as far as the veterans go, for sure. And then other guys are just mentally broken. Yeah, so we were missing, uh, amongst many, Rasmus Ristolainen, Cam Atkinson, uh, Carter Hart, which we knew kind of about those two already, but yes. we added Patrick Brown, Cam York, and Nate Thompson to the list. So we had emergency recalls, including goaltender Felix Sandstrom, which we've been talking about a lot recently in terms of, you know, do you bring him up, especially knowing how slim the Phantoms chances are to give him more looks to test him out for the potential backup role for next year. And lo and behold, he got that shot. He did. And he looked good. I, I thought maybe, you know, uh, one goal maybe uh was it was on him but really mm-hmm. uh he he was their best penalty killer on the five on three where the flyers just kept stupidly taking penalties and he um he was calm he was pushing his rebounds to the side really looked good i i was very impressed with his uh outing actually i was as well and i think that you know if he gets some more chances to play for the rest of the season, I think that'll be a good thing for him. It'll be a good thing for the team. And so I I just say, leave him up there and put Carter Hart uh, aside for the rest of the season. And let him heal up. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, we got a mailbag question about that specific thing, which we will talk about later in the show. But I think in this game that it was a lot different than the game against the Capitals, where I feel like the game against the Capitals, just everything was bad the entire game. But this, I I felt like the Flyers at least got some quality chances throughout Mm -hmm. this game. And if you look at the numbers, the Flyers did have a high number of high danger chances. They had more than the Rangers, actually, overall in this game. And, you know, they just couldn't get one in. But the defensive failures in this game, I think, were 
almost just as egregious as the game against the Caps because they were almost guaranteed goals for the Rangers. Right. I mean, some of the defensive fail- failures were bad. I I still think the Rangers had, had better quality chances. I, I know what the high danger may have said, but the Flyers did have a fair amount, no question. I think Georgiev had to play overly hard, but he had to make, mm-hmm. you know, probably like four or five really big saves, and he was able to do that. Uh, the, the thing that kind of gets me in this one is, like, ice time isn't something that is guaranteed. And I did notice that Yo was taking away some – Owen Tippett had a horrible game. He was not fighting for pucks. He was right. not taking direct route to the net. He the, the Rangers were just getting the puck away from him very easily, and then he just lost the – drive to kind of like the hunger the hunger wasn't there uh that was a problem for the whole team i think if you want to point out one thing and this is where coaching can matter gerard Gallant's team just destroyed the flyers at times uh along the wall just getting the puck oh it was brutal and you know one of them directly led to a goal with uh provy's failed clear Yes. on that third goal. I mean, because there was a board battle that got lost that led up to Provy's failed attempt at that clear. And um, that was painfully obvious that it was going on, I think, throughout that game. And they were just leaving Rangers wide open in front of the net. They were. It, it was bad. Um, this is where I, I get at with, like, Ronnie Adder, like, with the pace of play, he right. he's not able to keep up with this pace of play. Like you could see it now. And, and so that's fine. He's got to work on it over the summer. He should play AHL hockey first. And, and that's fine. Brink, you could see where he's overmatched physically against like a team, like the Rangers. He had one play maybe, but you know, this was a much harder game for him. He never gave up. That's the one thing about Bobby Brink. He'll never give up, but he was, you know, fairly neutralized. Uh, Noah Cates had a game though. I have to yep. tell you, he was he was making smart plays. He was following up his shot. Uh, that was something where, again, I think he's really proving himself. I think so too. And you know, maybe I'm a little higher on Bobby Brink's game that he had than you were, mm-hmm. um, because I I do think the the physical side of things he is a little outmatched. But I thought his smarts were were pretty apparent. And it's just a matter of getting used to the pace of play, like you yeah. said, and, and he's got a good chance. I thought Tanner Lazinski had some heads up plays as well, although he did lose coverage of uh, Capo Caco on that second goal. But ag- again, I think this is just a, a really good learning experience for him. Yeah, Lazinski well. was making some good plays behind the net um, in his own zone. I thought, I thought he made some good plays there and, and some good passes. This was a night where... And, and I did go to the Rangers side briefly, but uh, Lisinski may have lost Kako, but Kako was playing on a different level that really, mm-hmm. he said this is the best game he's played in three or four, but I can tell you this is probably the best game he's played in a while. And, and so I just, you could see early on, he was sort of feeling it and was making good plays defensively, which then led to good plays offensively. So I'm not going to kill Lisinski. I thought Lisinski was pretty good. I, I did too. And so I, all of the recalls, I thought, Played mm-hmm. pretty decently. Yeah, Zamula had one. one bad turnover, but mm-hmm. it didn't lead to a goal. But his passing was good. He got the shot through. Like you could see, Zamula is not that far away from being a bottom pairing guy. 
I find that he is almost like Isaac Radcliffe in that his NHL games look better than his yes. AHL games sometimes. Yep. Uh, and, you know, whenever he's been called up, I thought he's been pretty solid. But then he has got like a mixed bag when he goes back down. I don't know what that is, but some guys are like that, I guess. No, some guys are like that. The The thing here that's a little disheartening, though, after a while, um, the game just became like freestyling for the Flyers. Just no no structure. Uh, just, yeah, we'll pass it around. We'll see if we can find an open guy. Even on the power play, I didn't understand the short passes that Kevin Hayes was doing. That was like practice. That wasn't like a good power play. And then you saw the Rangers power play, and it was deadly. It's like there was so much of a difference there. I mean, that's been a trouble all season long. Yes. I do want to talk a little bit more about Kevin Hayes and Konechny, uh, who ostensibly were the two leading veterans in this game in terms of who's going to role model for the younger kids and who's going to show the effort. And man, when they had that two on one in the third and it just felt like they were skating in molasses. And two really or three did. Rangers were able to catch up to them and break up the play before they got a shot off. So it just felt like they didn't have quite enough jump in this game overall. I mean, TK did have, uh, I think he had that shorthanded chance. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give him that. But I think at the same time, the few veterans we have left on this team who can play just, I don't think are completely at least from a, an outside perspective aren't role modeling right and i think on that one play that you're talking about i won't blame hayes because really connecty threw the puck in his skates like he had all day to pass it and he passed it in his skates I think it was a tough one overall where the effort was much better than it was against the in Caps. the first period yeah then we saw the tail so. of the second period sort of dying again a little bit yeah it was a little better than the caps game yes. but not good enough nowhere near good enough and we have eight games left to see if they can get somewhat good enough uh, we'll be getting back with your mailbag questions coming up next BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So it's time to dip into the Locked On Flyers mailbag. We've got a ton of great questions today to talk about, mostly looking to the future, which I think is exactly what we want to be doing at this mm -hmm. point. Oh, yeah. And so I think that we're trying to look at what the roster might look at next year. So I think that that's where a lot of these questions come from. The first one is based on what we've seen so far of the new signees plus Owen Tippett, who has the best chance of making the team out of camp next season? I think I would say um, Morgan Frost and Noah Cates. They have the best chance. I don't know if anybody else has a best chance. They could make it, 
but I think those two have the best chance because so of versatility, because of different things they do in their game. It's not just strictly scoring anymore. And even for Frost, that's the case too. So you're counting Morgan Frost in this group because to yes. me, he's already like beyond that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't th- know that there's a guarantee he makes the roster still. Right. That's but... why I feel like I have to say it because we don't know what a new coach is going to think. That is very fair. That is absolutely fair. I I certainly hope he does. I certainly think he's done enough this season to prove that if you know there's space for him, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. But it'll depend on what other like free agent moves or the draft or whatever happens uh, in this offseason, whether there's space for him. I would think there would be, given the position the Flyers have been in at center. I mean, Chuck said it's the land of opportunity. I, I can't see it being anything else. Yeah. And, and I think you're also right about Noah Cates. I think that just he has more of a complete game at this yes. point than any of the other like new uh, college signings that they've done at the end of this season. And even looking at some of the other prospects that are in junior right now that may have a chance to make the cut. I mean, Tyson Forster is a question mark to me. But well, because of his shoulder, like that's the biggest thing, right? But I think his game is where it needs to be. It's just, you know, is he going to be ready? But with Noah Cates, I think he has the maturity, especially, you know, spending extra years at college compared to other guys. He's bigger, he's smarter. And I think that he just has the mentality that he'll be able to adjust to whatever he's asked to do. And Lisinski could lose a numbers game at the beginning, but it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. he won't make it. Yeah, I think that's where we're at with Lazinski is that he'll get a call up at some point and likely stick. That right. is my prediction. But, you know, obviously <laughs> we can't read those tea leaves too far in advance. All right. The next question. Do you think the Flyers will use their remaining call up or will it be for injury coverage situations only? Well, it depends. It depends how quickly Lehigh falls out of it. If they don't fall out of it quickly, then they will save it just in case if they do fall out of it quickly, then they'll use it. So it's kind of like a catch-22 here. Yeah, I think we won't know the answer to this question again until after this weekend's Phantoms games are done. I think they'll make the decision um, potentially going into the Sunday game against the Sabres, but uh, I think it won't be any earlier than that. The next question is, and we were talking about a couple of them, but what non- current flyers or phantoms rostered flyers prospect do you think has the best uh, development over this season has taken the most steps forward it's a good question i'm gonna say wyatt wiley because he was to me really not even in a conversation phantom well you said phantoms or Right. Didn't you say people not currently on the fan? Oh, not currently. Sorry, that's bad. The Flyers. Okay, that's bad. On that's bad on my part. Uh, it hasn't been a great year, but I'll I'll say Travis Sanheim. I'm gonna um, no. Travis. Wait, I'm not getting so not on it. Okay, so you're saying just a, a prospect. prospect development. Okay. Yes, a prospect who is not currently on the Flyers or the Phantoms. We'll get it's there. Early. I promise. It's early. I'll get there. Okay, I will go with. I'll go with Bobby Brink. Uh, simply because I... Okay, he's currently on the fly. Okay, but, but he really wasn't for most of the year. No, 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 forget it. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um, 
Well, who else out in the? No, you can the... talk about Bobby Brink because he's only played, uh, you know, a couple games. So, we'll, right. we'll are you it. sure? Yeah. Okay. So I, I've seen uh, a different kind of confidence in Brink. I think it's it's building. I've seen um, like a little bit better two step quickness that I saw a year ago. I think he, um, you know, he's he's very close as far as being able to to make the Flyers roster. But again, I think the summer will tell the story on that. And, you know, he could be anywhere, second line, third line, uh, depending on how he shows. But he has had a very good year of development. It's not because he led the nation in scoring. Like, that's that's too easy of an answer in that regard. That Once you get, once you leave that environment, it doesn't matter anymore. But just from what I'm seeing now, I think uh, he's he's done the best. I think that is a valid answer for Bobby Brink. <laughs> so we do this. Finally. My answer is Elliot Denoyer. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think that there was a lot of expectations for him this season, and obviously it's not over yet uh, for him. They're still playing in the queue, but – uh, given all of that, you know, he played tremendously well in the 2021 season and, you know, averaging well above a point per game for Halifax. And I think that going into this season, there was huge expectation on his shoulder that could he maintain that level? Like, was it a fluke mm-hmm. for him? And, you know, they gave him the C in Halifax as well. So I think that shows a lot of leadership for him and that he is a guy that's going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with in the locker room. And then at the same time, he has exceeded his scoring than he did the year before. It's at a slightly higher pace, you know, given that he's played more games. But I think that he's done absolutely everything that's been asked of him. He's had some breakout phenomenal games. He is really good at both shooting and scoring, but he is an assist machine as well. He can be a playmaker if he needs to be. And I think that it's just all aspects of his game have taken a step forward. And again, he's shown the leadership that people have expected of him as well. And I think that coming into camp next year it'll be a very interesting stay for him in terms of is he going to be able to make the jump from the queue this year yeah i mean he he looked good this year doing Mm -hmm. it and the speed was there uh you have to see how his defense is and where his strength level's at that's where you're at i I did when you're done i do have a uh, an honorable mention well no i think i think that Covers it for Denoyer, but he did have a really good camp last year. And Mm -hmm. so he did not look out of place in an NHL environment and playing with NHL players. And so I think you're right. It's just a matter of does he have the smarts on the defensive side of the puck to keep up with that aspect of the game. But otherwise, I think he has a real strong potential to either make the Flyers or be, again, like a Lazinski, one of those first call-ups. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Um, and we'll give I'll give Connor McLennan um, some some love here because he's had a really good year. The point level's there. He may have saved Prince George's season the other day because they're desperately trying to make the playoffs. They've um, not made it in a while. And so that's, you know, he, he could end up, if they make it into the playoffs, he could end up having a big playoff. So that's that's still a work in progress, but going very well. I like Connor McLennan. I think that um, he's a diamond in the rough and I th- could yeah. end up being a really good pickup. 
by the Flyers. All right, this is a controversial question, I think, but we've been talking about this to some degree on the show already. If the Phantoms keep Ian LaPerriere at head coach, what are his expectations going into next season? Well, hopefully he has somebody to report to in the way of a general manager for Lehigh Valley. Uh, His expectations would be to make the playoffs. Uh, His expectations would be to have guys develop. His expectations would be that power play has to be fixed. His, His expectations would be you have to have guys playing exactly the same way that they are playing in the NHL for call-ups. The only problem with Ian is if he, let's say he gets through the season and they've told him you have the job, he doesn't know who the coach is going to be yet. So he may have to you know, learn something completely different all over again. And that would be tough for him, but that may happen. Yeah, that's the big question mark that I have is that are they going to just kind of leave him hanging until they make a head coaching job and let the Flyers' new head coach have a say in who's coaching the Phantoms? It depends who the coach is. Right, right. If it's someone with a big name, let's say it were like Tortorella or even Babcock, then they might want to bring their own guy, and that could be a a discussion point. So, yeah, you're right. It, It Really, to me, it depends. Obviously, things were a bit of a scramble this season, especially on the flyer side with assistant coaches. I wonder if they decide to reshuffle what's going on here. Like, I almost wonder if they offer Mike Yo the the Phantoms job and then have him say no and walk away. It's possible. It's very possible. They they sort they did that for a long time with Scott Gordon. So yeah, I could see that happening. All right. Looking at the next question, uh, we're going to talk about the draft. What does your top three draft board for the Flyers look like now, assuming they're in that fifth pick slot? So I'm going to give you four players because I like I like groupings and I feel like it needs to be four. And I can't tell you who's higher than who right now because Right now, I'm, a, I'm doing rankings, not like mock stuff where I feel like I have to think like the team. So I'm just going to give you the feeling of where I think these guys will be on, on just a general board. So I think, uh, you know, Frankie Nazar, David Yerichek, Jonathan Lekaramaki, and Brad Lambert. I think those are good targets. Any one of them would be a massive gain in the system but I can't tell you who's going to be more favored or whatever because seasons aren't over, playoffs aren't over, things could happen. Yeah, I think that it's a, a real tough call here because we have been talking about these guys in mm-hmm. a kind of a block or, or a tier. I think Nazar is probably in my group of guys that we're looking at right now, but I'm not sure. I... They're in there for different reasons, right? So here's an yeah. example. So if you say, Russ, best athlete, I'll say Brad Lambert. Because he's the best athlete of all of them. Right. Will he be the best player? Right. I don't know. But he's the best athlete. So then you're going to say, well, who's the best goal scorer? Well, of them, I think it's Lekaramaki is the best goal scorer. Well, who's the guy who could be a game breaker? From Of them, then it's like Nazar and Lambert. And then Yurichek's in you know, that high, high area where he's just – really solid offensive defenseman who could really 
um, have an impact on a game all the time. So I guess I'm really torn between your check because I think a defenseman like that is really important to have yeah. in the flyer system, but I really also love Slavkovsky. And so I'm like torn between the two of them. I think he'll be gone. I think Geeky will be gone. Um, okay. I, I, and I think Nemec I think Savoy maybe. will be gone. It's not a guarantee. Um, I think Nemec will be gone. Yeah. Simone Nemec. Um, some people like him more than me, and I'm still going to relook at that to see if I'm going to change my mind with Nemec over Juracek, but so far I haven't. But that's another guy who I think will be gone by then. And the thing is, if they go to six, then I think Savoy is gone by then, right. no matter what. Right. And Kemmel, Kemmel's probably gone you know, by then as well. So that's where, if it gets closer to nine, that's where I'm looking at Nazar territory. Yeah, that's why I think for me, Nazar is like my third choice. If I'm going to have like three yeah. in there, that Savoy is probably my first choice. And then I'm going to have an internal battle between Juracek and Slavkovsky for the number two slot. Yeah. So I but think Slavkovsky is gone probably in the top three. I know, picks. I know, but you never know. Hey, you never know. Sometimes in drafts, weird things happen. It's true. They do. All right, next question. Can the Flyers get out of their bad cap situation this year? I mean, they can make it more manageable. I don't think they can get completely out of it. We talked about buying out JVR. They can do that. They could trade someone like Provorov or Konechny or even Sanheim if they don't feel like they could sign Sanheim long term. That will help. Then they're going to add some salary and have to get the rest of the RFAs under control. And then the cap's going to be used up again. So they won't have a lot of cap flexibility in season. They'll have some in the off season to make some moves. And then they'll be pretty close to being capped out again. I think you're right. It's just so tough. I, I do. This is what makes me think more and more that they're either going to trade Travis Konechny or Ivan Provorov just because of the cap hits there where TK is only making 5.5. Right. But they could probably get two guys for that amount. Yeah, they could. And so See, this is like borrowing on your allowance. Remember when, like, you know, you got, like, I don't know, five bucks to do the lawn, maybe three bucks to take out the garbage, and all of a sudden you've built up this, like, $40 bill with your parents, and they're like, you don't even make this much in two months. How are you going to pay this back? And that's what's, you know, right now, that that's the kind of cap situation the Flyers are in. So I think that it's, it's going to be a situation, and I think we talked about it on the show a little bit yesterday, where – they're going to count on some of these kids, you know, who are in ELCs taking roster spots yes. so that they can clear some cap space and have a, a, you know, a wider runway going into the following season. But Chuck Fletcher hasn't been known to trust that. And so it's going to be this battle between are they going to actually let these kids play versus signing depth forwards that he knows from Minnesota. <laughs> right. Which is a guarantee since the organization's loaded with them. I feel like this upcoming year is the can Chuck Fletcher avoid the state of Minnesota challenge? Oh, no, there's there's a few Minnesota high school kids in this draft. Uh, oh, we'll talk about I them, know. but not right now. I don't want to spoil them. All right. The last question in our mailbag this week. Should Cam Atkinson and Carter Hart be shut down for the rest of the season? I mean, I'm not sure about Atkinson. It, it really depends on how severe his, his lower body is. For Hart, I just don't see what, what else you want to prove here. Uh, he 
you know, if you want to give him one more game at the end of the season, say, all right, you're sitting all the rest and we'll put you in the last game of the season, fine. But I would rather him be healthy for next year and not worry about any more of these nagging injuries because I'll be honest, I haven't voiced it on the show, but the fact that he's been playing with a nagging injury has been sort of nagging at me. Like, like why, are, why are you doing that? And so I do feel like now that they've sort of played with fire and maybe have come out the other side with it safely because we haven't heard anything bad yet for Hart, then quit while you're ahead. I think that makes a ton of sense. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, We didn't really get to celebrate it too much uh, on yesterday's show because that game against the Caps was so terrible, but... Uh, we did get a rookie lap from Bobby Brink, and it's always fun to see. So the the post from the Flyers about that is our Flyers fun thing. I watched it. I like the rookie lap. It's fun. I'm waiting, though. Some rookie's going to do it backwards one day. You know that's going to happen. And I'm just waiting that for that day. That would be a lot of fun. It would. And someone's going to do it. Um, I always wonder about goalie rookie laps, too. <laughs> Yeah, you don't see that. And you what's really, really what's really funny is I just interviewed Ty Brennan, who's the top-ranked North American goalie, just a couple days ago. I haven't written the article. But we talked about skating because, you know, like, we never talked about Ron Hextall skating, right? You never would back in those days. But now goaltending skating is really good. I mean, these guys practice skating a lot more than you realize. And I think they should get a rookie lap. I'm with you. Well, we'll see if that happens down the road for any of uh, the goaltenders around the league. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back on Friday with a preview of our back-to-back against the Buffalo Sabres, who are our nemesis of the week that we talked about on Monday's show. And we will also wrap up with Gritty, as we like to do. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.